First of all, so many things that I want to accomplish today. Most of all, I want to give us some practice with our imagination. Because we are, we've already said that we were using Advent. We were, when Advent ended, ended last night, we were using it for our preparation. We were getting ourselves ready for whatever it is that we are calling forth in our lives, for our beingness. So imagining ourselves in a winter wonderland. But look, there's a part of the lyric that I want to make certain that you heard. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. You better ask somebody. Come on now. Gone. You. There's a shift that's happened there that is for us to make note of. It's a metaphor. Within our lives always, there's some aspect of our experience that is going away. This COVID experience has given us so many opportunities to, to accept that, to, to adjust. Now, that doesn't mean that, that we like it. It doesn't mean that our hearts aren't broken. You know, sometimes I get here and there's that part that I'm not, I'm like, that don't have nothing to do with the talk. I'm not, no, I'm, <laughs> but look. So, <laughs> we just going to mix it all in here. So, I'm a Dion Cole fan with my little spiritual self. I'm a Dion Cole fan. Now, he has a, I'm, I don't know, I watch, anyhow, he's on Netflix. So the most recent one that I watched, at the very end of it, if you stay to the very end, so the behind the credits, all of that, he speaks to those gathered, and he says, he asked them to love on the comedians. He said, because that art form, those who offer that, who, who bring that art form, are often in such pain. And he's saying, love on them. Be present to that. And then he shares that in his own life in this past year, that he'd lost an uncle, his mother's best friend, an aunt, and his mother. And that that show that they were taping was being taped on the one-year anniversary of his mother's passing. And there's a part of that that took my breath away. Because I had laughed, and then there's that part where you refuse to laugh. You, you know what I'm saying. It's funny as it can be, but you're like, I ain't laughing at that. But I was left honoring exactly what this song is trying to tell us in part. Gone away is the bluebird. Here to stay is a new bird. We, we, we need to, we, this is a call for us to do our work, to fire up our imaginations so that we can know what is ours to know, so that we give ourselves permission to be vulnerable, to feel what, what is ours to feel. 
Ernest Holmes in a piece entitled The True Meaning of Christmas. He says we must realize that each of us at the center of his, her own being, his, her, their own being, must meet the living spirit. That there's always something more going on. I know it looks like whatever you see at first blush. And within that, there is always something more. So this next year, 2023, this is the work we're doing. We are honing our imagination. We are honing and expanding our awareness of the divine so that we can see it even when it appears to be hiding from us. Even in our pain and suffering, when we are challenged to recognize the divine, to recognize that there is good, that there is love, that there is something present and calling for us and prepared for us. So this is not, so you grieve. So you tell the truth of your experience. Always, this is not at all to encourage any denial or pretense. That's out. Stop that. Message delivered on that? <laughs> Cut it out. 2023, like every year before, but this one, I think some of us can see how important it is for us to show up authentically. If we're in pain, say I'm in pain, but now do not be in pain at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. You see what I'm saying? Unless that really needs to be your story. See, I don't know what it's going to take. If it's going to take a 38-year trek of pain and suffering and telling everybody about it and doing it in public and on social media and all the things, then get busy. But if it really doesn't require the full 38 years, then be about seeing through it to the blessing. What is the blessing in this? What is the opportunity? Now, do not rush to it because you'll miss it if you just try to throw something in place. And part of that is the problem because we take a few classes and we're like, oh, I'm not supposed to feel this. You're incorrect. You're incorrect about that. You are to feel what you feel. And then look at it to see what is this feeling telling me? What is this bringing me? What's the offering here? And then be willing to accept it. He says, what we celebrate at Christmas time is not just the birth of a traditional figure, but the birth into human consciousness into each one of us of something transcendental and immediate and effective and available. The divine presence revealing itself to us, what directly, personally, and intimately. So, President Joe Biden had a Christmas address on the 22nd. And an excerpt from that is this. He said, my hope this Christmas season is that we take a few moments. I'm going to say expand that. 
Take as much time as you need. For quiet reflection, find that stillness in the heart of Christmas that is at the heart of Christmas and look really look at each other, not as Democrats and Republicans or any other variations on the theme, good, bad. All of those senses we have, in, out, mine, theirs, all of that so that we can begin to see who we really are. Oh, this is part of our work for 2023. If you show up and show up here, and I invite you to do so, but allow me to invite you as I warn you. We're going to be about the business of getting ourselves set, getting ourselves ready, getting ourselves adept for all that's really required of us. We've been lagging, in a manner of speaking. We've been lagging. It's been about them. They did it. We've been master reporters, reporting from the field how bad it is. Ain't it awful? Look what they did and they continue to do it. And they've been doing it. And I'm not saying that isn't true. I'm not saying that everything you said wasn't accurate. I'm saying, can you afford to live your life with that as your life purpose? I offer that if you do a self-inquiry, you'll find that your life has a greater purpose. You'll find that, sure enough, you are perceptive and discerning, and you saw all that. And in fact, you were the first to see it. Let's just go on record. You all that in a bag of chips. You saw it first. Now what? Because what that means is you were the first one to have an opportunity to pray about it. Oh. Oh, oh, I see now, yeah? Okay, Rev, you can go too far now. You just all up in my business. It's my job. It's my job. It's what I'm called here to do. That's what they ask me to do. Board's guideline, get in their business as deeply as you must in order for us to have the collective transformation and shift required for, because you see, it rolls off our tongue, a world that works for all. What the hell, heck does that mean? What does that mean? A world that works for all, if you're not doing nothing different. So this is our call. This is our call. We're going to work this out because, as <laughs> Biden says, who we really are. Who are we? Because some of the evidence is a little scary about who he is. Just slightly scary. You see what I'm saying? If we look at our behavior, you could see we'd be quaking in our collective boots. Little red ones. But look, the idea here is that we are called right now to take responsibility for all of it. Ooh, Rev, what? Because ever since we've been children, we've been trying to discern what was mine and what was their responsibility. Yes, I didn't do it. I already did the dishes. I didn't drink out of that glass. That's not my mess. That's so-and-so's mess. Yes? Mm, you can do that at eight and five and six. 
Maybe even 14, I don't know. Depends on household. But right now, none of y'all. That's over. It's where you own it. The moment you recognize it, it's ours. Did y'all bring pillows? Because this message may need to go on. Because I'm just realizing that I kind of want to squeeze in so much stuff because this is our last Sunday before the new year. And I feel like there's so much I want to squeeze in. There's so much I want to download. There's so much I want to share so that we can, we can know that our getting ready is essential. Because what? The old bluebird is going away. <laughs> and here to stay is a new bird. You get to name the new bird, by the way. You get to fill it in, give it the identity, give it the, 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 the sense of, give it meaning. You give it meaning. Just like you give meaning to who we really are. Charles Fillmore, who co-founded Unity Movement with his wife Myrtle Fillmore, says that Christmas is about the birth of the Christ consciousness at the center of the human soul. He's, it does not belong to the past. It is a vital living truth. The bringing forth of the Christ child is not work that was finished in Bethlehem. It is taking place in our midst, in us every day. And this is what we're celebrating today. He says, and you can, oh, no wonder. Give me just a minute here. Okay, I see what I did. He says, this holiday season, let us endeavor to be and see the face of the divine God, the living one, by any name and all name in everyone. For that's truly the best Christmas present we can give and we can receive. We got our work cut out for us. Because we are masters at othering. America is kind of founded on othering. Now, we're not by ourselves, but I'm American, born, raised, have lived here all my life. So I have a level of expertise. That's what we do. We other. It's baked in, our othering is. And so our work is to release that, to allow something else to be born. To let that bluebird go by the byway and to have a different sense of who and how we are. And someone can hear me say whose we are. Because the Christmas story begins, well, well, let's just get there. Because it begins with, it begins with this notion of the immaculate conception. Now, in this, and let me just see where. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little pause right there because I, I, I want to set up that, that how we have evolved 
into a tradition of exchanging gifts and holiday decorations and Christmas tree and lights and candles and mistletoe and candy canes and Santa Claus and Scrooge and even Rudolph, <laughs> the red-nosed reindeer. I mean, we do it all, yeah? I mean, on one hand, you got to admire us with that level of creativity and imagination. So it's not that we don't have imagination. It's about how we use it. Yes? Okay. Because there's not a one who, when I said Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, don't have a picture about that, even though it doesn't exist anywhere, but in our minds. See, we want to work that in a way that has a greater payoff than a vision of a reindeer with a red nose that exists nowhere but in your mind. Because if you can do that, I could pretty much say there's nothing you can't do. If you can conjure up a picture, and you can and have and do, of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I know you can do food for all. I know you can conjure up safety and housing for the elders. I know that the prison industrial complex is in its final hours. See, we got work to do. 2023 is like rapping at our door. But there, we, we can't just fly out there using the same old bird for the past several decades. We are being called upon to adapt it in a new way, to see, our, to see who we are and how we are in a new way in terms of, of how we are going to be in the world. How I'm going to see the world from a place of judgment and criticism or an opportunity for prayer and engagement. It's up to us. But the truth is that all of that, including Rudolph, is a part of how we see Christmas, and that's okay. I'm not here to criticize that. In fact, I do not have a criticism about that. Just don't let that be all, because that's not the whole story. And so today, I want to lay a little groundwork about, it's not even the rest of the story. Because it's ours to discern what is the story. What is the story that we're really most interested in? What is the story that is transformational in its nature? What is the story that when we engage it, that when we get to it, it gets to us? What is that story? It's not Rudolph. It's not Scrooge. It's not, it's the it's the story of the birth of the Christ in each and every one of us. And the Christ is not a person. It's, it, it's not formed. It's the unformed. It's the presence. It's the, there's not language. There's not language because it's all-encompassing. There's not a spot where it isn't. Now, there are spots where we don't acknowledge it, where we don't see it and engage it, where we don't honor it, 
But that doesn't change the fact that it is. And it is for us. Metaphor, Richard Rohr says, metaphor is the only language religion has. And I know some of y'all think it's the only language I have. And give me long enough, we're going to mix metaphors for sure. For sure we are. It's just the way it unfolds in me. So look, here's what, here's what we have done. Here's what I brought you. For the past couple of weeks or so, I brought you this notion. We, we, we were focused on some of the information from the show, My 600-Pound Life. I didn't just trot that out for y'all. I wanted to engage I wanted to engage your imagination. I wanted to engage you in seeing remember how we played it out? I delivered it to you and then I reminded you that it's your 600 pound life. That we were not looky-loos, we were not voyeurs, we were, we were in fact engaged in discerning how we are dragging around with us the weight of our perceived mistakes, the weight of our criticism and judgment in the world, the weight of who we wish we were but we don't think we are, the weight of that that we haven't yet done that we said we would have done by now. See, a lot of that is what happens by the end of the year. You know, so many of us don't make it to the next year of our own choosing. Often, this is a very difficult time for people. And everyone, be aware of this, everyone does not take their life in an overt, clear way. See, it's not always a a suicide that can be clearly identified as such, where someone has consciously and intentionally done something to cease their life function. Sometimes we just have a stroke. We have a heart attack. We allow, we allow the stress to build so high and so deep that it's no longer life-sustaining for us. This time of year is a time of tremendous change and difficulty for a lot of people because for the same reason that some of us look at the new year with great joy and anticipation, that ain't true for everybody. Often, most of us are looking, but we're looking through different lens. We're likely to see something very different. So I wanted us to practice with our 600-pound life and our ability to see that that has something to do with us. Why? Because I knew where I was going today. And I wanted you to be able to go with me. And I knew if you had practiced on something that is so far removed from any thought that you've had about yourself that maybe you could meet me in this work that is ours to do today. Charles Fillmore said, this holiday season, let us endeavor to be and see the face of God in others. Remember, that's our work. That is our work. So look, there are three, in my mind, there are three experiences of Christmas. As a holiday, 
And that's a time for connecting and generous giving. And it's the, you know, there's a decor to, to support it. It's all the things. It's also a holy day, a celebration of Christ's consciousness manifest in the world, meaning manifest everywhere. That would have been a better way for me to have said it. Manifest everywhere, always present. And it's also through our sense of holiness. It's our recognition of the Christ in and as all. That's everyone, all meaning everyone and everything. Part of the other lyric in Winter Wonderland is later on we'll conspire as we dream or chat by the fire to face unafraid. What? What was that? To face unafraid the plans that we've made. That's the moment we're in right now. To face unafraid the plans we've made, the ones that we've accomplished and shouldn't have. Because, you know, it's only the wisdom of having done the thing or from the other side that we realize all that that we did. We shouldn't have done none of that. Wasn't none of that ours to do. We was all up in it, but wasn't none of that ours to do. The plan, face unafraid, the plans we've made and executed. And the plans we've made that we did not execute. We intended to. Or we thought we intended to. We said we was gonna. Which is not the same as intention, by the way. I just need to be clear because we're heading into 2023. And setting intention is essential. And knowing the difference between an intention and something you said is going to make a difference. So the plans that we've made that, that we didn't come close to accomplishing. Sometimes it's not till we, we go back at the end of the year and read what we wrote at the beginning that we even remember that we said that. I know my tribe. That that's us, yes? So the opportunity is for us to engage our imagination. So look, <clears throat> which I'll put that that visual of the imagination and see and feel and sense, because what's required of us is, first of all, to see it. To see whatever it is that we're envisioning for ourselves for, for the rest of 2022, because there's still some time. There's a lot that can happen. Ask somebody who has a story to tell. It's not about time as if on a clock or a calendar. And when we think it is, that's when we think, oh, Lord, that was a miracle. But it's because we don't understand how life gets to be the way it is. What we call a miracle is really the divine unfolding of principle. The perfect unfolding of universal spiritual law. So this notion of if you can see it, go with that. But everybody can't see it right away. You see what I'm saying? In any meditation or in any visualization, and they say, visualize, if you will, you lose some people. Because everyone is not, at that point, capable of seeing it. They don't have the capacity in that moment. Oh, but they can feel it. Some can feel it or sense it. 
And if you cannot see it, feel it, or sense it, imagine it. See, it really doesn't matter how you get there. Because your imagination, come on, Neville, help a sister out. Your imagination is, if you work it, if you truly place yourself and honor your imagination and hone it, learn to, to have it, uh, train it, so that you, train you rather, train you so that you can call on your imagination at any given moment, so that you can see yourself healed, so that you can see things working out. <laughs> let me just, let me just pierce the bubble. We already have magnificent imagination abilities. Because in that moment, when you get the diagnosis and or the prognosis, you imagine something. So it's not that you haven't honed the skill. It's that we have not yet honed our dominion in our imagination. You see, too often we just accept whatever comes up. You hear the news or the, the threat or you sense it and something comes up. And for many of us, we just, oh, well, that's what's up. I'm going to run with that. I'm going to say not in 2023, we're not. We're taking dominion. And we're looking, before we move, it's like, okay, I see you picture. Now, is this what I want to move into? Consciously and intentionally, is this picture, whatever it is, regarding one's health and wellness, regarding one's prosperity and abundance of all things good, regarding one's relationship and, and family situation, circumstance, whatever it is that's up for you, that first picture, well, I'm going to call them, but they ain't going to come. Okay, wait, now that's a picture. That's, it, it legitimately came up. So we're not going to deny that it's up, but we get ready to review it. We are going to hold it under divine review and ask the degree to which this supports me, given what I'm declaring for my life. And if it doesn't fit, we're looking for another one. This is like some game show. You're not picking that dough. No. What else you got? Taking dominion. Can you see this? It's not happening to you. Your imagination is not happening to you. You're doing it. You're being it. So just pick again. Practice choosing again, choosing more righteously. Because what? This is what <laughs> this idea of behaving is as if is behaving. It's what you have in mind, in consciousness, in heart. And that brings me to the Virgin Mary. Mary, mother of Yeshua, the master teacher that the world ultimately came to call Jesus. She 
this is the metaphor that's important. I'm gonna, I think it's important, so I'm offering it. Do with it what you will. She has a virgin mind. It's a metaphor. She has a virgin mind. Now, I'm not, go, I'm not here to try to get into Jewish culture over 2,000 years ago. Not clear, it's relevant. What is relevant to us is this virgin mind, this mind that is open and available, this mind that is untainted, this mind that is unconformed to any past experience. Yeah. So this is, this is our opportunity to bring a virgin mind to the challenge, to the problem, to the situation or the circumstance and allow the Christ consciousness to be born in each and every one of us because that's what's happening in this Christ mass is the birthing of the divine in each and every one of us. So it's happening, but each of us must claim it for his, her, and their selves. No one is forced to honor it, to sense it, to experience it. Each of us must claim it, embrace it for ourselves. We're bringing, the call is to bring the virgin mind. So look, in what we teach and endeavor to practice, we use what we consider the teaching symbol. And this is it. I'm gonna, there's a slide, so we're going to show you all at home. But for folks in the room, our stained glass window here in the room is the teaching symbol. What we are always bringing in a way to think of this is our heart's desire. And in this instance, for this Christ mass, what I am offering is to be and see the face of God in all combination of what Charles Fillmore and certainly Ernest Holmes are both saying in their own words. And at the tip of it is what manifest. So at the top of it, it's kind of what you put in the soil. It's what you're planting. And it makes a difference what you're going to get out because you got some seeds and some of you are just that kind of adventurous farmer, whatever kind of seed it is, you just planting it. You don't know what kind of seed that is. And that may work well in your backyard or inside of your house, but not in life. You're going to want to know what you plant. You want to know just what seed is that. This is why you want dominion over your imagination. Because all of those thoughts are seeds. And at the tip of it, so there's something planted at the top, at the tip of it is what's manifest, it's what is demonstrated, it's what is revealed, yes? This is important for us to know as we move into 2023 because it is calling us. This is one of those in the metaphor of pulling up one's big girl, big boy. You know, it's just time. It's time for us to act like we know what we know. It's time for us to show our work. (laughs) 
That wasn't for y'all. That was for the people over here, apparently. <laughs> y'all at home, get in where you fit in. Just, yes, yeah. So, so look, so look. In Luke, the first chapter of Luke, beginning at verse 26, there's the, the story of, the, of Miriam, mother of Yeshua, who managed to fully sense and surrender to divine presence and perceive, perceive it in. Can I say it that way? Would you all understand if I said perceive it in? Like it doesn't just happen to us. We must perceive it in. We must discern it in. We must allow, we must accept it in. Yes, because we are at choice. So essentially in this story, the angel comes and tells her that um, the grace of the Lord is with you. You are blessed among women. She's, she's alarmed by even this whole thing. So what I love is there's a bit of humanity here. She's not used to being visited by angels. And so there's some surprise, and she's taken aback a bit here. And she's told, do not be afraid, for you found favor with God. So this is a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, Lord. <coughs> and she's told, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. <clears throat> and your son shall be named Yeshua. He'll be great, the highest, the Lord Jehovah, and will give him to uh, give to him the throne of David his father. So, what this is saying is that he's a leader. He's going to be the one. He'll reign over the house of. He'll do this, that, and it's going to be all of that in a bag of chips, essentially, in the metaphor. But you understand what I'm saying? This is a, this is a lot. Now imagine she's a little girl. By all estimates, she's somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. But what you got to hear in this is her imagination, her availability to even getting whatever this message is. Because there's no life experience like we would bring. Which, wait, wait, wait. That part about, you know what I'm saying, we, we would want to get to cases around it. She doesn't have that. However, she does at verse 34, at least in some translation. Let's be clear. They put it in quotation marks. There's no way anybody knows. You know, I'm doing the best I can here. I'm working with what they gave me. But the fact that it's in quotation marks does not mean somebody actually said that. But the essence for the purposes of our story and where we're going is she says, how will this be? How can I be giving birth when no man has known me? But this is our version of the man at the pool at Bethesda, who has a response. This is our, but wait, wait, hold it. I hear all that. And that could be a beautiful thing, I guess. Now, see, when you're that young, I, I imagine it would. For some of us who have, you know, more years and experience, we would have several questions about that because we would see the impact. When I wait just a minute now, he going to be what? He'll, and then who going to protect him? Who did, and who's going what? I said who? 
There'd be a lot that would have to be clarified. But for her, the way the story is being told, she's just like, wait a minute. How am I going when... So that's where we are. That's the... What I see in this is her openness. And so the angel responds, supposedly. This is the way the story is told about how it's going to happen. And he even cites that her cousin, who was Elizabeth, who was supposed to be barren, that she's with child. And because nothing is difficult for God. Now, see, that would only matter to somebody who believes in God. Like, well, yeah, but what that got to do with my situation? But if you believe in God, then you, that, that's telling you something. See, that was the trump card. If you're a whist player, somebody just popped a card on their forehead. Am I telling the truth? That was just like, you do the work. Because this is a done deal. And her response, at least as this translation records it in verse 38, says, behold, she says, I am the handmaid of the Lord Jehovah. Let it be done to me according to your word. And it says the angel departed. I think like this. like (laughs) 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 Mission accomplished. Because she got it. Something in that moment was downloaded. Now, y'all need to know, I'm not really talking about little girl Miriam who became the mother of Yeshua. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about what message are we getting in our open availability? What message is being delivered to us? What guidance is being given to us that we can simply accept, that we can try out? Now, some of y'all are thinking, you're a fine one to be here suggesting this, because we see you most Sundays up there arguing with God about what you're going to say and not say and what order things are going to be in and all of that. Well, this is not a mountaintop teaching. I can't do no better than what I'm doing. I'm right here. (laughs) You, You found me where I'm at. And this is what we're doing. The day may come, but y'all may not be here by then. So right now, what I'm working with is understanding it and working to to bring it more into my life experience so that it becomes my immediate response is one of acceptance. Too often I got questions. So for us, Mary, Miriam, symbolizes the highly intuitive soul. This is our work. This is our work to develop our intuition, to develop our imagination, to develop our sense of a virgin consciousness that is purely available. So look, at the top of of the um, teaching symbol, where we're planting the seed. No, no, y'all, don't, y'all get it. Y'all get it. We're not going there. Skip that part. Y'all get it. Because look, where we need to go is this realization that in, in Revelations 21 and 1, that I saw a new heaven. 
this is where I see this even for, for our little sister Miriam. That in that exchange, in that experience, and look, when the angel comes, do you, he don't pull up in no car. He didn't ride up on the camel. Or not, you see what I'm saying? It's an inside experience. Whatever her experience was in that dialogue, nobody else saw that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So it's an inside job. She literally saw a new possibility. One that didn't exist before. Now we have to accept the story. If you're sitting there with all of the questions that you'd have if this were really your theology class, your Bible class in your theology studies, this ain't that. This is simply where we're using this as a metaphor. This is simply where we're seeing, where we're, I'm challenging you to see how this is a part of your life. Now, your first thought, maybe it isn't. And there's a part of me that says, you're excused for now. But watch the recording. Because in due time, it'll come to you. This idea of seeing the new possibility is what sets it up so that we can have a new experience. And the new earth is the experience. It's the manifest. It's that that is at the tip of the V in the teaching symbol. It's the way it all... Oh, what do we say? What do we... Um, there's, it's in the Declaration of Principles. Oh, Lord. It's in the Declaration... Um, it's the logical conclusion. The logical outcome. That's what it is. At the tip is the logical outcome. Once you understand how life gets to be the way it is, it's, you'll see it's the logical outcome. That experience of, how did this happen to me? You begin to come to an awareness. Ah, this is the logical outcome of what I've been thinking, what I've been doing, what I've been open to, meaning what I'm allowing in my life, what I've been entertaining, what I haven't been entertaining, is this making sense? Yes, yes, yes. All right. So, look, I'm, I've got to go. This is because didn't nobody bring a sleeping bag and no snacks and nothing. So, if we'd had all that set up, we'd just keep going. But since we're not set up for all of that, what's the real Christmas? Y'all not getting me in trouble. What's the real Christmas? Because that's it. Across all time, what's the real Christmas? It has to be about us. It's about you. It's the Christ in you. Now, you know, it includes the celebration, the being with family, the connection, the, the decorations. It includes all of that. And it's about Christ in and as you. It's about recognizing and allowing the Christ consciousness 
to be fully born and live in and as you. Let's just breathe that in. Let's just breathe that in. And allow me to say to you that although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. So I'm going to ask you to, to join me in an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. Join me in a sense of being willing to know beyond our conscious ability to know the truth. Ernest Holmes' words, It is our sincere desire that the heavenly light shall guide us, as it did the wise men of old, to the place where the heavenly child, the Christ consciousness, is to be born in us, each and every one of us today. Reverently, we bow before this divine incarnation, Silently, we offer our gifts of love and adoration to the presence within and around us, to our dear ones and friends, and to the whole world, including the entire universe. May the angels of the Lord proclaim anew to us good tidings of great joy. There is one life. That life is love, divine, pure love. That life is each and every one of us. Each of us is living the life of love. The life of love is living each and every one of us. Each of us is whole. Each of us is complete. Each of us is perfect. I know and I know that I know that I am one with the giver of all life. With the essence of all life. With the power that can do anything and with the love and peace that I know is God, the living one, the strong one, active in my life, in our lives now. I shut every other thought out of my mind and I listen quietly, reverently, peacefully, and with complete acceptance and behaving as if I receive the divine outcome as if I know the truth of my being. I know and affirm that each one of us embodies and shares the love of the divine that is us, that our hearts are filled to overflowing as we celebrate the divinity Oh, of the all and all this day and every day. 
peace and good flow through us and to all humanity. Glory to God in its highest. Peace on earth, good will toward all. I know it is manifest first in our heart, in our minds, in our intention, and then in our experience. I give thanks that divine light is guiding me now and always that we are all surrounded and enfolded by divine love, imbued with the wisdom and the love of the divine. So it is in this gratitude and divine appreciation that I release this word into the perfect activity of law that I know is love. And I know and I know that I know that this word cannot possibly return to me void, but it must produce in like kind. And for this, I am forever grateful. I let go. I let God. Sealing this word for forever, I simply say, Ashe, Amen. And so it is. Love matters. Merry Christmas, y'all. Yes, it is. 